And he looks at them very sadly and he says, I couldn't find the Monet to buy day gas to make the van go. Clinicians, a medical podcast that asks why. I'm Hannah Abrams. I'm an med- incoming medicine intern in Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm Tony Brew, an internist and hospitalist in the greater Boston area. And I'm Avi Cooper, a pulmonary critical care physician in Columbus, Ohio. Today on the podcast, we examine the health and the work of one of the most influential artists of all time, Vincent Van Gogh. Some medical historians have theorized that Van Gogh's extensive use of the color yellow was the result of his digoxin toxicity. Avi wrote a tweetorial looking at the question, and today we're going to look at the evidence. Just as a reminder, a tweetorial is a series of tweets that are strung together to explain a topic or tell a story or answer a question. All three of us love to read them and make them, and so Avi's going to explain this one today. Without further ado, let's dig in. Avi, why Van Gogh? So... I'm just going to give an ex- a disclaimer at the outset that I am not an expert in art history uh, in general, nor in uh, Van Gogh's art specifically, but I'll do my best. So his life has kind of always fascinated um, the general public, even above his art, you know, the ear cutting, the deep tragedy of, you know, of a lot of aspects of his life, his profound genius. Um, and so on along the way, some began to theorize that maybe the medical treatments he was getting for all of his kind of medical and mental health issues might have literally influenced his artistic vision. And um, uh, the theory of digitalis kind of emerged from that. Go on. Yeah, I'm actually interested in hearing a little bit more about Van Gogh as a person because, as you said, he kind of... um, I think a lot of people in the lay public have a fascination with him. Um, and before we even hear more about like what may have been going on with Digitalis and his vision, it might be helpful to hear a little bit more about like him as a person and some of his life work. So you want me to like quickly summarize the life and work of maybe the, one of the most important artists of all time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've got, you've got 30 ish seconds. Yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll, I'll be brief. So, um, so Van Gogh was a Dutch post-impressionist painter. He lived in most of his adult life in France in the second half of the 19th century. He was really only active as a professional painter for the last 10 years of his life, and he made pr- produced most of the output that, we, um, that you'll see in museums uh, and that he's known for today, really just in the last two years of his life. Um, and he kind of prefigured a lot of the aspects of modernist painting, like vibrant colors and very unique brushstrokes. Um, he really wasn't famous during his life, wasn't known at all, and he died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in a field uh, that, uh, at the age of 37. He actually survived the initial gunshot, but then he died of sepsis a few days later. H- have either of you guys been to the um, Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam? No. Have you? Yes. Yeah. So my dad was living in Amsterdam for a few years f- uh, for work, and I visited him. Um, I-, I can't say that I'm a you know a- an art file or or someone who. Um, uh, you know, typically goes to uh, museums, but I made a point to go to the Van Gogh Museum, um, and it was impressive. Some of the stuff he did is really remarkable. So, if Van Gogh was on digitalis, he must have had a health problem. What what was that? So he seemed to have multiple health issues and symptoms that really affected throughout his whole adult life. Um, he had severe bouts of depression, psychosis, uh, mania. 
he had convulsive episodes and, you know, we all know about the famous ear cutting incident. Um, he also apparently drank a lot of absinthe. And, and were there, or are there specific theories about why, um, he might've been prescribed or otherwise have taken digitalis or other diagnoses that like he might have had that would have maybe, you know, predisposed him to that? So, you know, like Beethoven, there are a lot of theories about what, what made him sick, um, I saw some people think he had acute intermittent porphyria. Some people think he had chronic lead poisoning because he, I guess he had this habit of nibbling on his paint chips. Um, <laughs> and uh, some, I also saw uh, somebody thought that maybe he had many years disease. Um, so the consensus seems to be that he probably had schizoaffective disorder and comorbid epilepsy. And then both of those would have been made worse by all the absinthe that he drank. So, I'm not familiar with digitalis being used for any of those disorders. How how did that come in? You would if you'd lived in the 19th century, but ah, <laughs> uh, that was my my crucial mistake. <laughs> so you know, in the last couple years of his life, his mental health declined. He spent a significant amount of time in the Saint Remy Asylum in the south of, south of France, um, and it's around this time, uh, and then after his release from the asylum uh, in the last year of his life, when he came under the care of a homeopathic physician whose name was Dr. Paul Gachet. And um, if he was treated with digitalis, it would have been around this time. Yeah, I think a, a lot of us um, uh, certainly know digoxin for its cardiac indications. Um, I feel like I've heard the term digitalis used by sort of older clinicians, like, you know, 70s, 80s. Um, but, you know, that's not something I hear... Um, a lot now? Like, what's the connection between digoxin, digitalis, and, and why might Van Gogh have actually been taking that, like one of those medications or one of those supplements? So digitalis, turns out, is a, it's a group of plants. It's also known as foxgloves. I think for the shape of their flowers that I guess they look like if you were going to put a glove on a fox, it, it might look like that. <laughs> Naturally, yeah. Yeah, if you were inclined if to do If you were going to do that, yeah. But, um, <laughs> so... Uh, guys probably remember from medical school, you know, they work by inhibiting the sodium potassium ATPase pump. Um, and so we use one of one type of digitalis, digoxin. We use it for cardiac indications. But, um, you know, like you said, there throughout history, there have been, you know, many different formulations that have been used for different indications. So digitalis was actually the standard of care in late 19th century France for epilepsy. So mm. it's not inconceivable that he would have received it at some point, you know, in those final couple of years. He also painted two portraits of his physician, Dr. Gachet, holding a foxglove plant, which was suggestive, I think, to those who kind of believe that maybe he did take digitalis. The fact that his physician was holding foxglove in a port, you know, <laughs> in, like, in these uh, portraits. Like rubbing you know. it over his face. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Perhaps some pretty good evidence there, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's also like you, you don't have that many, like, medications to wield. You're going to wield whatever you have, right? Let's, yeah, let's I think, just throw I think, some digitalis at him. That's what I prefer to yeah. do. Well, I, think, <laughs> yeah. I, I think digitalis back then was kind of like a silver bullet. Like, I think it yeah. was like, you know, you've got some weird symptom. Let's give you digitalis. And then we'll give you mercury. So it's sort of like the doxy of the, of the era, perhaps. <laughs> okay, so I am convinced that Van Gogh at least saw Fox Club at some point because he painted it. But it, it still seems kind of like a jump to go from Van Gogh might have gotten digitalis as a treatment to it seriously affected his art. How are people making that connection? 
So, you know, I think that's a that's a fair point. You know, digoxin and other types of digitalis you know, certainly can have effects on vision um, in two ways. Uh, the, uh, the two ways that I saw were xanthopsia, which is a, a yellow discoloration of vision and blurred halos around points of light. And they can also cause more of an object of color disturbance without subjective xanthopsia too, which has been reported, meaning the patient doesn't sense a change in their color vision when they're on digoxin, but if they're tested objectively, their color vision as is altered. Um, and so uh, the mechanism, you know, I didn't really find a good explanation for this, but potentially due to like sodium ATPase, you know, effect uh, being inhibited in the photoreceptor cells and the retina, maybe. Yeah, I buy that. That yeah, perfect. <laughs> seemed it seemed plausible. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of curious about it too. And the other kind of thought that I saw mentioned was the idea that he that cataracts can be caused by it because you need the sodium potassium ATPases to pump. Uh, and to provide energy to keep the lens beautifully crystalline. So people with like so with long-term dysfunction of the sodium potassium ATPases in their lenses can get cataracts. Uh, and then I, this was a learning point for me that cataracts can actually cause yellowing of the vision. But it doesn't seem like it's quite as dramatic as the sort of retinal effect. Yeah, that makes makes sounds like I wonder if that could cause those halos or something. So so good old Hickam. <laughs> yeah. But it's still the foxglove. So, so the idea is that um, he used a lot of yellow color and had some blurry lights in his paintings and, you know, Starry Night and all that. And so that's f- maybe from Digitalis? Like, that's kind of the, the connection there? Basically, yes. So Van Gogh used, you know, a lot of yellow in his paintings in these later years when if he was treated with Digitalis, he would have had this exposure. And, you know, he used so much yellow in his paintings Uh, in this last couple of years of his life that it's actually called Van Gogh's yellow period. And if you look at his, you know, probably his most famous painting, which is Starry Night and others like it, the the stars do have a hazy halo around them. And, you know, it, it certainly looks like it could have been affected by the changes in digitalis. Um, You know, and, and Starry Night is thought to have been painted from the view from his window at St. Remy. So the theory was originally described by a surgeon whose name was Dr. Thomas Courtney Lee. He wrote it in an, uh, published it in an article in JAMA in 1981, and he actually was himself to, um, an accomplished artist. And then after that, you know, other um, and I, I remember learning about this in in medical school. Oh yeah, as a theory, but like a valid one. So the thing that doesn't make sense for me about this theory is that if if digitalis caused Van Gogh to have all sorts of different colors look yellow, then he's not going to specifically pick up yellow. He'll pick up red thinking it's yellow. So, like, I'm not sure, like, why, if everything looks yellow to him, then he's not going to specifically pick up the yellow paint more often. But maybe I'm sort of missing something there. I think it's that, um, like, the world looked yellow to him. I think that would be the theory. Yeah. So, but then we'd have to see through his eyeballs. <laughs> so I guess what I'm getting at it. And that is the meaning of, <laughs> yes, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> really. <laughs> We've gone from pathophysiology to metaphysics in a way. But it's an interesting point. And you were kind of briefly mentioning before we started recording that someone actually looked at 
the nature of the yellow in the painting. So, um, you know, and there, there is an art blogger named Jason Bailey that I came across. He empirically analyzed the evolution of Van Gogh's color palette over time. So basically he went year by year and saw the, and basically averaged in into a matrix all of the, all of the, the proportions of the different colors that Van Gogh used. And he definitely saw, he used more yellow in those final years. It's called his yellow period for a reason. But the shift really occurred or seemed to occur around 1888 or so, which is before he was admitted to the asylum in 1889 and when his health started to decline. Um, and so, and again, if he would have been exposed to digitalis, it probably would have been again when he got sicker and was in the asylum, which is after he started to use more yellow. And per honestly, perhaps even more definitively for me, you know, Dr. Gachet uh, wrote about testing Van Gogh's vision. Um, and apparently he used some kind of color wheel that railroad workers would use to make sure that they could, you know, determine color accurately. And he reported mm -hmm. that Van Gogh's color vision was, was normal. So to me, that, that was pretty de definitive um, between, you know, these two pieces of evidence that it seems like it's, it's, it's unlikely that, um, that Van Gogh was affected by digitalis in this way, meaning he, it seemed like he liked the color yellow. Yeah, it seems like a red herring. <laughs> I don't know if that's a pun. I think that part's kind of... Yeah. <laughs> I think that color wheel testing is kind of a smoking gun for, for the case. Yeah, but the but theory I think it is, is cool so to be able to have, cool, yeah. It is. It's a yeah, cool it theory, is. but I think it's also cool to be able to get somewhat objective medical evidence from then that we ran this test and this is what we found. And, you know, it's like, it's not really subjective in the sense that, like, he tested him and he had normal, normal color vision. Yeah, so, you know, even though he probably was exposed to digitalis, if we believe the whole, there was a painting with foxglove or whatever, uh, and it was a, you know, usual treatment at the time, it, it does sound maybe, from what you're telling us, that the connection between potential digitalis use and any yellow in his paintings might be, as Hannah put it, a red herring? Yeah, I, I'd say that's true. You know, I think it's plausible that he would have received digitalis because of that evidence, you know, the indication and the fact that it showed up in the painting by, from his doctor. But I think that's probably as far as you could take it. Yeah. That's fascinating though. Like, can you imagine if 80 years from now we realized that a Torvastatin caused a, a change in people's color vision by analyzing the works of some great artist from this era? <laughs> so... <laughs> Avi, was there anything else that you came across kind of looking at this question that we haven't talked about? So Adam Rodman talked about this briefly or answered this question briefly also on a previous, on an episode of Bedside Rounds during, I think during an Adam Answers segment. One thing that he mentioned um, that I didn't go into was that Dr. Gachet was actually a homeopathic physician and probably used really small doses of digitalis if he if he used, you know, when using that medication, just kind of based on the principles of homeopathy. And so usually with the, the digoxin toxicities that, you know, it's usually when patients have kind of, I think, higher levels in their blood and, and such. And so that is another argument against the, the digitalis theory. But the other thing that Adam talked about was this idea of the medical gaze. And I know he talks about this a lot. And I, th I think it's a really important kind of profound idea, you know, this idea that our, our sociocultural lens that we look through yeah, it has a huge impact on how we see the world. And so like theorizing that, needing to theorize that Van Gogh's use of the color yellow was a result of a medication side effect, I think is like a really good example of that and the limits of that. You know, it's hard for us to look at, at things in a, 
in a non-medical way. Like sometimes I think it's, it's a legitimate question. You know, it's like the Beatles in the late sixties probably were, there are probably was affected by all the hallucinogens they were, they were using, but one corollary would be, you know, who cares? Even if it was digitalis toxicity, like his art was his art, you know, I think, I think that's, that was one take home for me. Yeah. Any, I, I think that's such a great point. Any other take home points that you got from looking at this? Van Gogh was an amazing artist. I, I guess. And unfortunately it's not like if I just start giving myself digoxin, I'm suddenly going to be able to paint Starry Night, right? That's, that can't be my take home. <laughs> I mean, I, that, that would be, that would be nice. Um, but to, you know, to kind of bring it home, you know, so some have wondered if Van Gogh's use of the color yellow was a result of xanthopsia from digitalis toxicity. And, you know, it's plausible that he was treated with digitalis. Um, but the evidence suggests, you know, that his vision really was not impaired or influenced by other, anything other than his own sensibilities. That I think that was um, really fascinating, Avi. And, uh, you know, not every listener is going to be a Van Gogh uh, fan, but I think um, some of the clinical cor- correlations, you know, I think this was fascinating. And I, I suspect that uh, a lot of the people listening will agree. So uh, if you, listeners, do have an interesting tutorial or online meta teaching point that you think we should feature on the show, uh, please do tag us on Twitter. You can find me at Tony underscore Brew. I'm at Hannah R. Abrams. And I'm at Avraham Cooper, MD. Until next time, we've been the Curious Clinicians. As a reminder, the information contained in this episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. The Curious Clinicians are excited to partner with VCU Health to offer continuing education and ABIM maintenance of certification credits for physicians. Tap the link in the show notes or visit ce.vcuhealth.org slash curiousclinicians for more information.